There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivi.com. And Tracy.com and it's sex talk S-E-X-T-O-K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website. Listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi Tracy, what's going on this morning? <laughs> well, I'm most intrigued about your Katie Correct column. Tell me about that. She is amazing, yes. by the way, isn't she? She is amazing. I love Katie Couric. And I guess I'm so excited. I'm the new weekly books columnist for Katie Couric Media. And I'm going to be in the wake up call newsletter that she has, which, by the way, is like how I get all my news. I don't know if you subscribe to it or not. And I'm not no, just saying this. It's really great. She like, it's better than the skim. It's like all the news, but she does all, she does like the lighter side, which is where my book recommendations are. And yeah. she always has these great products that she recommends and movies to watch. And I don't know. It's just like a great, newsletter called The Wake Up oh, okay. So anyway, every week I'll be in it on Wednesdays for my books column. But now that I'm talking to you, I'm thinking I need to do one on like, you know, sex something or other. That's, I don't know, something. Yeah, a, do a sex a, theme one. Yeah, sex theme one. Yeah, the best sex books. You can do all the best sex manuals and just put all of mine in there. <laughs> it'll Yeah, it'll be a roundup of Tracy books. <laughs> Perfect. That is fantastic. Also, I'm just I'm just obsessed with her because I've been watching the morning show, which I can't decide if I love yes. or I don't love. But I do. I've just finished the first series, and that ending makes you just love the whole show because it's so good. But um, yes, it's but yeah, coming it reminds back, me of Katie right? Correct. Yeah, Wait, it's, out, it it's out now. Yeah, <gasps> it started. It started. Oh no! Last night I watched the marriage scenes from a marriage. Have you seen that on yeah. HBO? Yeah. It just came out. I don't know. Whatever. It's well, fairly she, intense, isn't it? And there's enough misery in the world, really. <laughs> yeah, right? I like was very sad going to bed. I feel like I should have watched it at like 10 in the morning. Not yeah. that I watch TV that often. But okay, anyway. All right. Questions. All right. Right. Let's get to it. Get to it. <laughs> Let's get to it. Okay. Three questions and a sex tip. I have been married for eight years and I'm worried my partner has fallen out of love with me. Our sex life is all right. We don't do it as much as we did, but I know that's normal. But we used to sit on the sofa together, and now I've noticed he settles into an armchair. When I asked him why, he said it's better for his back. He's only 42, but he does have back problems, so might he be telling the truth? We don't hold hands anymore, and he only says he loves me if I say it first. Is this just how all relationships end up? I have always worried I loved him much more than he loves me and that he may be planning to leave. Oh, I feel really sorry for her. Listen, don't feel sorry for her. I'll tell you why, because she's got... <laughs> no, in a good way. I'll tell you why. She's got nothing to worry about. 
I honestly think my overriding feeling on this question is that this lady has nothing to worry about because there is a difference between loving our partners and being in love with our partners. And infatuation, lust, all that stuff, it burns out and it gets replaced by a different kind of love, which I think is a far more real love. It's calmer, it's less intense, it's less about the big declarations of love and more about the little things. And you know, if you read that that question and then you, and especially the last sentence, yes, is very sad, but I don't think this guy's done anything other than settle into the relationship. I think that all that's I don't feel I don't feel bad for her because of him. I yeah. feel bad for her because she's so insecure. They've been married oh, right. for eight years and like now she's questioning everything because he sits on a chair. Like my husband sits on the chair and has a bad back too. It never makes me question whether or not he oh, loves Oh, good. Me. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I wondered about that. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really good. Now I get where you're coming from, Zippy. Yes, that is sad that, that he's really doing nothing wrong. Because this is my point. He really isn't doing anything wrong. And I think that there are definitely signs when somebody goes off you. And I'm going to talk about those. But also, it's so different for different couples. Like, mm-hmm. even with the things I'm going to run through, for some couples, that's normal. And for other couples, it might be a glaring red flag that their relationship's about to split up. So, so the things that really count, I think, that are red flags, which are none of the things which were in the question. So I hope this lady feels absolutely, I don't know why I'm saying lady, I hate the word lady, this woman feels absolutely reassured. Things, these things matter, I think, when affection disappears. Now, again, some couples are never demonstrative and never affectionate at any stage of the relationship. But if your partner is, and all of a sudden that affection disappears, this is usually the first thing. Now, often if they are having an affair or something like that, they feel guilty when they touch you. It's very hard to touch somebody that you love because you can still love somebody even when you're having an affair and not feel really bad. So affection tends to be the first thing to go if somebody is doing something they shouldn't or if they're losing interest in you. Also, what happens when you instigate affection if they're not is very telling. If somebody just sort of takes it and stands there, like just just doesn't do anything when you're affectionate to them, that's not a great sign. But if they actively pull away or even jump back, you know, that's obviously not a good thing. If your if your loved one jumps back in revulsion <laughs> at the mere touch of your fingertips, this might not be the best thing. <laughs> oh my god, that was a silly point. But you know what I mean? Like, no, it's not. It's, it's funny. No, but it is true. It is true though. So the other thing is if they avoid spending time with you. Now they all sound really <laughs> obvious to me. But what I mean by this is things like, for instance, in lockdown, you had some couples who spent the whole months and months in the same room in the same house but you can be together but not together and one of the telltale signs is that most couples have stuff they always do together it might be the supermarket shop it might be that they always go for a walk or it might be that they you know just do something together every week when that gets dropped that is often a sign that the intimacy is gone in your relationship and the person's lost interest in keeping you happy so you need to be really on the alert for that one. Now, this is a big, big red flag. If they start seeing their family without you around, especially if you were included in everything, because often our families know when the relationship is over before our partner does. I mean, certainly it's been the case with me. I'm, I'm very close to my family and it's not a good sign, especially if you were all very close. If they start seeing their partner, their, sorry, their family, their friends, all those sort of people without you. So it's basically they stop including you in lots of ways. And 
conversation levels are important. I mean, do they keep the conversation really basic and they're avoiding getting deep? Because most, you know, most couples who are close ask about how does that make you feel? You know, well, what about what happened with so-and-so? And And they follow up and they they love you. So they want to keep up with how you're feeling about everything. So if all of a sudden your conversations become very basic and you're just about who's dropping off the kids and who's putting out the rubbish and no thought talk about feelings or nothing deep that again is another warning sign a big big one apart from when your partner jumps out of the room when you instigate affection <laughs> is if they won't talk about the future because people again especially if you you know you were in love with somebody and now you've fallen out of love with them they don't want to go there they don't want to give you false hope so they won't make any plans stopping checking in is another thing with couples who do check in all the time I mean some couples are extraordinary. I reckon my sister and brother-in-law must call each other about or text or I reckon 15 times a day if they're apart. It's just extraordinary. It's it's ridiculous, really. I mean, it's lovely, but it's ridiculous. (laughs) And the other thing is, (laughs) she'll never speak to me after this, is if you actually get to the point where you say to your partner, look, I really feel like something's wrong, if they won't answer you and just fob you off, really, really bad sign. Because if your partner loves you and you come to them and you say, you know what, I'm really feeling like I need some reassurance here and do you still love me? They will rush to reassure you. They will want to reassure you. They're not just going to bob you off and say, oh, just don't be silly. They're going to say, where does this come from? Why do you feel like that? You know, so they are all the things that are red flags. Now, three things that don't mean they've lost interest that everyone thinks do is arguing. Now, arguing is really interesting because you think if you're arguing all the time that your relationship is in trouble, but it's when you don't argue at all that your relationship is in trouble because arguing shows that you care. If you can care less about this person, if you've fallen out of love and you're ready to leave, you're not going to bother arguing. Who cares? Who cares what they think of you? Who cares if they get your point? So arguing now and then is a very healthy sign. It's nothing to be well, scared of. it depends. Of. I mean, you could be on the same page and there's not a lot of conflict and that's great. Mm. You're, you're saying if you used to argue and all of a sudden you're apathetic. Right? Yeah, 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 if you used to. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying have an argument all the time because that's a sign of a really incompatible relationship. But some couples can actually have regular arguments, like once a week, twice a week, quite a big argument, and they're fine. They just That's just their personality. So don't be too scared of that. It's not necessarily a hallmark of a bad relationship is to, because people do think that. No longer wanting to have sex is not necessarily a sign that your partner has fallen out of love with you. And, you know, that's even from, you know, how many times we talked about this. People go off sex for loads of reasons and, not, you know, very rarely because they stop loving their partner. It might be low libido. It might be rectal dysfunction. It could be, you know, body image issues. It could be a whole lot of stuff. And the final thing, which everyone thinks means your partner doesn't love you, is if they don't say, I love you anymore. Now, this means nothing. It really means nothing. And I have to tell you, really early in my career, I interviewed this couple who'd been married for 30 years. And I asked the guy, I asked the husband, I said, "When? how often do you tell your wife that you love her? It was a story about, I was interviewing people about affection, how they show affection. And he looked at me seriously, like it was a trick question. He looked absolutely baffled. And, and he just said to me, he said, I told her I loved her on our wedding day and I'm still here. Like, why would I need to repeat it? And I, spoke, and I looked at the wife, she said, he's absolutely right. Since like 30 years ago, he has not repeated I love you. And he's voted with his feet. She said, I've never felt the need to ask for it. And I just thought, 
you know what? Men really are like that. I know so many men who vote with their feet. And society and movie and Hollywood builds it up that, you know, they should be saying, I love you 25 times a day. Well, some guys just don't do that. And this guy, you know, probably doesn't sound like a grand gestures type of person. Just because they don't say it doesn't mean they're not feeling it. I think men show love in different ways. So I think we get way too hung up as women on that sort of thing. So they're things that you don't need to worry about. I think if she said something to him that he would probably say, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. Like she should just say something to him and just be like, is everything cool? And he would probably be like, yes. I feel like so too. And also to say to him, look, you know, I'm just, I've got a little snapshot of what I think this guy's like, but it might not be true. But what you have to do with people who are quite, you know, he's probably having a lovely time in the relationship, just not thinking too much about it. You can't go to him and say, I'm feeling really insecure. Can you give me reassurance? Because he would just think, well, I don't know what to say. So you're better off going and saying, look, I'm feeling really insecure that you don't love me as much as I love you. Could you do X, Y, and Z more often? Could you hold my hand? Could you tell me you love me? Could you occasionally sit on the sofa as, you know, as well as sit on the, in the good for my back armchair? And be very specific about what you want from that. And most men are happy then. They'll deliver then, you know, with what you want. I would like that too. If somebody was like, if you do the following four things, I'll feel better. I would Mm. be like, great. Thank you. Yes. So you don't have to second guess everything. But then people don't like that. It's like, I mean, we've talked about this before where somebody says, well, if I've just said, can you tell me you love me more? When they say it, they won't mean it. And it's like, no, it might feel like that the first time around. But then afterward, at least the person knows what to do. Yeah, I guess it depends. Yeah. It feels contrived or something. But if they just need a, a gentle reminder. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. really what it is. That is exactly what it's it not, is. It's not something that's completely like out of their wheelhouse or whatever. It's not no. like you're like, hey, you know, would make me, well, I don't know, that this is going in a bad direction. Just <laughs> I think we should stop right now. <laughs> stop right- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Right there. Okay. Question number two. And whoever this is, if you just listened to us, we hope that that helped and you should definitely write back in and let us know. Okay. Question number two. I love your podcast and I'm hoping, thank you. And I'm hoping you can help me make sense of something that keeps happening to me. I swear to God, I'm the straightest man you will ever meet, but I have a recurring fantasy, which scares me in it. I go to a gay club with my gay friends. I do this in reality. I'm not homophobic at all, but instead of just having a laugh with them, I go into a cubicle and let a guy give me oral sex. I have no desire at all to do this in real life. Does it mean I am secretly gay? I don't think so because I love having sex with women and don't feel attracted to men. I just don't understand why this gets me off. Right. Well, 
interpreting fantasies is the same as dreams, really. Symbols and events mean different things to different people. Like if you if you love the ocean, you know, a dream of you drifting off on a lilo into the ocean would be a lovely dream, a dream about freedom maybe. If you're terrified of water, it's going to be an anxiety dream. And it's the same about fantasies. If you're quite cool about certain things and not about other things, the fantasy will reflect that. Now, some a lot of our fantasies do have common themes. So even though we're all very individual, and I have to say same-sex same sex fantasies are more common than you think. Justin Lee Miller, who did one of the biggest surveys on fantasies with um, 4,000 people, 4,000 American people, found that 59% of women have same-sex fantasies. It's quite a lot. 59% and 26% of men also. Now, this is way higher than it used to be. Old, you know, old studies when I first started talking about sex, men would never admit it, never ever admit it. So you've got to remember, this is men who will admit it. So it's probably higher than that. Okay. So, and his is not the only study, all these other studies back it up. And of course, our fantasies are becoming more diverse as we go on because the more tolerant we become of other sexualities and, and you have to, you know, agree that, you know, even if you're anti or the LGBTQT, whatever it is, you know, at the moment, it's it's amazing. I just love it. I love the fact that there are so many different sexualities. So our fantasies are going to reflect this. We're going to be indulging fantasies that we, you know, never even thought about before. So don't feel guilty about any of that. And I think this fantasy actually reflects a really healthy attitude about sex. Now, I would say this guy is about as far from gay as you can get because he's hanging around with all his gay friends. He's going to gay clubs. If he had any tendencies to follow through, he probably would have by now because it doesn't, he doesn't sound the slightest bit homophobic or that it would even bother him if he was gay. I think the, the whole, you know, thing I get from the question is that he's just sort of saying, why is this, you know, is there anything in this? Am I missing something? But I, and I think maybe what's going on is more of an intellectual bi-curiosity in that if you hang out in gay clubs and you're seeing men kiss and, you know, touch each other freely, of course, anyone, any guy standing in that environment is going to think to himself, God, I wonder why I'm not like that. Or maybe I'm a bit like that. I wonder what that would be like. I mean, it's normal for anyone who's got any sense of curiosity. I mean, I've been to gay clubs with my gay girlfriends and I, I, I've i stood there and watched girls kiss and go, hmm, is there any part of that that appeals to me? Like, a, would I like to do that? You question it all, don't you? It's normal. It's really, really normal. And I mean, the fact is the guy in reality is having great sex with women. He's not attracted to men. There is no desire to take it through to reality. All this is, is somebody who's so actually secure in their sexuality that they've allowed themselves to fantasise about a same-sex fantasy because they actually have no inclination to go there whatsoever. So I think that's what it's all about. The recurring thing, I think, is very interesting, but I think that that is only because he's quite cool about it, but he is questioning about it enough to write in, okay? And what happens with our brains is that any fantasy or anything really that we consider, we have this like, oh, this is awful, this is really taboo. Our brains love that because they get so much boring, repetitive stuff fed to your brain. Anything that makes it sit up and, and pay attention, it loves it. Desire loves the forbidden, loves it. If you have a fantasy that's taboo, it's like, great, I'm going to keep repeating this one because it's going to have an effect. So if you are having a fantasy that you don't want to have anymore, just stop worrying about it. Start being <laughs> indifferent to it. Start ignoring it. It'll just go away. The more you like panic, panic, panic. What does this mean? Does this, you know, the more it's going to hang around. So that's why I think it's recurring. 
you know, it sounds a little bit like he doesn't want it to recur. So absolutely nothing wrong with it. If, if I was you, I'd just sit back and enjoy it and for what it is and not worry about a thing. Okay. All right. Did you hear that? Podcast lover? <laughs> <laughs> well, not lovers after this. I'll hopefully be wrong. It's very positive about so. <laughs> It does feel like sexuality is becoming more like on a spectrum, right? It's not so yeah. much this or that. It's that there are shades... Shades of gray, if you will, and yeah. you know, like it's on a continuum and there doesn't have to be such black and white. So I don't know. Very but. much so. I mean, God, when I start, first started doing this, it was very much gay, straight, that was it, bisexual. There were three people, that, three things, and everyone was very suspicious of bisexuals. And so now it's, it's so, I think it's a very, very positive thing. Very positive thing. Okay. Question number three. My boyfriend and I have lots of sex. I'm 28 and he's 26. Well, God bless you both. Recently, I came home unexpectedly. To fi- Recently, I came home unexpectedly to find him watching porn on his phone in the living room and pleasuring himself. I was shocked. Why would he do this when he knows he can have sex with me anytime he wants? Does it mean he doesn't enjoy sex with me? Are we not having it enough? Is it normal for men to continue having solo sex even if they're having regular sex with their partners? Yes, is the answer. Take it to away, that. Tracy. <laughs> Yes, it really is. And it's not just men, it's people who keep on enjoying sex, enjoying masturbating when they're in a relationship. Now, one survey of 1,200 people found that 10, sorry, people in relationships masturbate about 10 times a month, right? Singles masturbate roughly 19 times a month. Now, this was in quite a young age group, which is actually the age group exactly that you are in, 26 to 28. This was about 20 to about 35 years old. And so lots of people continue masturbating when they're in a relationship and everybody masturbates. 95% of men in the same survey said that they masturbate. I think the other 5% are just lying. 81% of women masturbate. Um, But tell you what we're all guilty of. We are all so guilty of thinking, right, you're masturbating within a relationship thinking, well, yes, of course, I'm still going to do it. But why would my partner need to do it? They've got me and I'm so wonderful and I'm so sexy and our sex is so great. So I'm still doing it, but they're probably not going to do it. And this, Divi, this question I get asked all the time. Such a common question. Why is my partner masturbating when they can have real life sex with me? And my answer to them is always, well, do you still masturbate? And they always say, but yeah, now and then. Well, why are you worried about him masturbating? It's one rule for us and one rule for them. And I do think it's because it feeds into our ego that we think that we we you know we should be enough. But it is looking better. In that survey that I was talking about of 1,200 people, nine out of 10 of them said they were quite comfortable with their partner masturbating in a relationship. Now, that is way higher than it used to be. People used to really get funny about it. So that's a good thing. Now, assuming it's not replacing real-life sex it is a plus. It's not a, it's not a detriment to your relationship. It will actually help to, you know, keep your relationship good because they know that people who still continue to masturbate, even if they are in a relationship, have a much higher libido. What came first is hard to determine because, you know, it's, is it the masturbating that's keeping the libido higher? Is it the fact that they've got a high libido and that's why they masturbate so much, even when they're in a relationship? Hard to know. But the other thing is, is that solo sex is different than the sex you have with your partner. You usually, it's quickly achieved. You usually do it while you're looking at porn or you're playing a particularly filthy fantasy in your head, something you don't necessarily want to share. And it's sort of sneaky. You feel guilty when you're doing it. It's a way of sort of doing something that's just yours. 
And this is good for your relationship. It really is. It keeps it a bit fiery. It keeps you thinking, yeah, I'm doing something crazy, even though I'm not actually doing anything bad. <laughs> so I'm absolutely all for it. And it doesn't, it never means, it, I mean, it can in some cases, but it usually does not mean that you're not having enough sex. It doesn't mean that sex is unsatisfying with your partner. It doesn't mean, mean any of these things. And there's no correlation between the two. I'm not saying that you know, they might well be masturbating because all these things are true, but it doesn't mean mean that if your partner is masturbating this is necessarily true most of the time it's just a harmless thing that people do and it stops people becoming a sex pest you know they you're not interested you know often they'll just do it because you're not there at the time where you're not interested and it stops people becoming a sex pest and that is a very good thing wow sex pests are us all right <laughs> interesting okay sex tip of the week Sex tip of the week is... Wait, MPS, where do you get all of these studies? You always have like 8,000 surveys and polls. Where do you find everything? Research. Takes ages. Yeah, there's there are certain you, certain universities, certain people that are respected. You have to be careful because a lot of them are just, mag, you know, a lot of the stuff that comes up as statistics are just magazine surveys, which mean nothing. So, there, you know, I know there are certain universities that do them very well. I know the people to trust and who not to trust. And, and just, and then occasionally you'll just get something that, you know, if you type in statistics on this and it's, it's actually, actually turns out to be quite a reputable study. So that's where I get them all from, Zivi. Thank you. Thank you. I was always wondering that as I listened to you talk. Okay, yeah. good to know. No, okay. I'm doing all of them. I'm doing all the research longer than yeah, I right. <laughs> If only. Okay, set step is master the condom. Now, even if you're in a committed relationship, you should do this. Now, the reason why is that at some point, you might want to use it as a germ catcher instead of contraception, right? Assuming you're using other contraception. Things like thrush or cystitis, if you, unless you want to play that, just passing it back and forth game, you must use a condom until you've both been treated for it. And for singles, they are still a necessary evil because they might not catch everything, but they definitely catch most things. And you should really share the task of putting a condom on, not just leave it up to the guy the whole time. Now, to put a condom on correctly... Hold the tip of it between your forefinger and your thumb, right? Squeeze it. Make sure there's no air in the tip because that can completely make it, you know, it, it just makes the condom break actually or split. Put it on the top of his penis after you squeeze the air out and then you just roll it down over the length of the penis. Now, once you're done, once you've finished having sex and he's ejaculated, always, always hold the condom at the base before he withdraws. Because if you don't, you might as well not have bothered using one in a lot of cases. It just stays in the vagina, everything tips out, and you might as well not have bothered. So there, that's how you put on a condom properly. Thank you very much. You should go talk to, you know, schools. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other story. I wanted to talk to schools. I tried doing this whole campaign. But schools are funny about people talking about sex. They prefer to leave it to the poor old teachers who wouldn't have a clue about it all. So embarrassed. And that's why sex education in the UK isn't very good. Interesting. Mm. Okay. More on it is. I'm sure it's the same in America, actually. Yeah, we had some, I don't know, when I went to, I went to girls school and middle school and we had some like firm come in. It wasn't our normal. Well, we did oh, have sex good. We, no, we had sex ed in like sixth grade, but we also had people come in. Actually, maybe that was in high school. I don't know. There was some outside firm. It was like a special thing and we all had to like put condoms on bananas. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. That is good. Now, if you remember you were, that. like telling us about like dental dams and everybody was oh, so embarrassed. Oh. And it was dental like, dams? Oh yeah. Well, you I are know. much younger than me, weren't you? And do oh. you know anyone who's ever used a dental dam? Because I really don't. I mean, I haven't pulled a bunch of people. You could add that to your research. <laughs> but, you know, 
I was listening to another podcast with somebody who just written a book about STIs and, and she would know and she said they've actually stopped even giving the advice to people. For people who don't know, by the way, a dental dam is a little piece of latex, a square piece of latex that's flat that you lay across the genitals before you give anyone oral sex. So you're supposed to put on a condom before you give men oral sex. You're supposed to lay across the dental dam over the anus or the vagina. And they've actually stopped giving this advice in STI clinics and sexual health because no one does it. Not that I'm not saying you should, shouldn't do it because you probably should. You can use cling wrap as well, by the way. But just hardly anyone does it. Cling wrap? You can. <laughs> cling wrap. But it's kind of the same thing. It's probably not as good, but it oh puts a barrier between you two. No, I'm just like picturing people like scampering <laughs> into the kitchen and like going through the drawers with like the tin foil and like, where is it? Anyway. Ripping whatever. off a bit of cling wrap and getting yeah, stuck. Exactly. And, you know. Oh my goodness. Oh, can't get the thing. You know, it's always like, <laughs> anyway. Oh my God, too funny. I'm never going to look at cling wrap the same way again, Tracy. I do okay. it too. Rolling pins, riding cro- crops. Oh my gosh. Wrap. Okay, stop, stop. <laughs> Right. All right. Well, thank you for another enjoyable, <laughs> enjoyable time. I so look forward to doing these with you. I, I mean, I really do. I have so much fun and I laugh so much. So, so thank you. Hopefully we stay, we stay on track rather than just start talking about stuff that isn't even important. Never mind. Yeah. All right. Well, love doing it with you too, Zibby, and I'll see you next week. Okay. See you next week. All right. Thanks Bye. for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.